name amen well we have been dealing with how to develop your personal leadership because every one of us is a leader God wants us to be on top and not beneath and for that matter we need to activate certain things in our lives so that we can function effectively in our area of calling. So we've been using the lion as a case study because the lion is created by God and God has placed certain qualities in the lion that in spite of the fact that the lion has limitations in the area of intelligence, in the area of strength, in the area of smartness, the lion is able to rise above all this limitation. And we all know that the lion is called the king of the jungle. So what makes the lion the king of the jungle? We have dealt with attitude. We have dealt with belief system. Last week we looked at mindset. The lion has an attitude that makes him the king of the jungle. He has a belief system that makes him the king of the jungle. And he has a mindset that says that irrespective of your limitation, look, you are the king the jungle. And all these qualities are in us because we are also creations of God. We have attitude. We have belief system. We have mindset. I believe that we have to shake off any form of limitation that limits us, that prevents us from coming out and being what God wants us to be, we need to activate this attitude. We need to work on this mindset. And we need to work on this belief system. So that we can function as leaders. Because, you know, leadership is not positional. Leadership is functional. So today we want to look at another thing that makes the lion the king of the jungle. And that thing is also in you. When you read Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. I'm reading from the King James Version. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, 
and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. In this scripture, God gave man power, authority, dominion, and the right to rule. That is what God gave to man. But there is something that I want you, I don't want you to miss out. The first thing God gave man was not power. It was not dominion. It was not authority. It wasn't the the authority to rule. The first thing God gave man can be found in Genesis chapter 1. Verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our character, in our likeness, so that they may what? Rule. So the first thing God gave man was not power, wasn't authority, it wasn't dominion, it wasn't the right to rule. The first thing God gave man was character. The first thing God gave you was character. Because to God, He values character more than power and dominion. He said, let us create them after our character. Then they can rule. So before power, God gave character. Before dominion, he gave character. Before authority, He gave character. And before the right to rule, he gave you character. In the eyes of God, character is necessary before dominion. God's concern about your life is more than dominating your world. His concern is about your character. God's foundation for leadership is character. God knows that power without character can destroy. He knows authority without power can kill you. He knows. So he said, before he can rule, before he can dominate, before he can show forth my power, he needs character so that he can manage the power that I'm giving to him. So God gave you character before dominion. 
What made Eve to pick the fruit? The devil made it so simple for her. When the enemy came, he did not talk about power. He did not talk about dominion. He did not talk about authority. What he sought to do was to punch holes in the character and in the image of Eve. He said, do you want to be like God? Eve could not protect her character. She could not protect her authority. So the enemy points holes in them. This morning, God is saying that I have given you power, but for you to function effectively, you need to work on your character. You remember when Solomon prayed to God? He went to God and said, God, I am too young to handle this thing that you have given to me. You need to give me something. And God said, you have asked a good thing. God gave him what? Wisdom. And that was not it. When God gave him wisdom, he added what? Wealth. Because he said, with wisdom, you can handle wealth. So Solomon handled massive wealth because he had the character to manage the wealth. It wasn't money that brought Solomon down because he had the character to manage it. It was women that brought him down because he did not have the character to handle God's foundation for leadership is character. It is good to have power, but power will destroy you when you don't have the character to manage the power. Why do we call, for example, alphabets? You know, we call them characters. Why do we call them characters? Because A is always A. And B is always B. B does not change to D in, in South Africa. A does not change to C in Bukong. Wherever they are, they are the same. Why do we call numbers characters? Because one will not transform to three when it goes to Nigeria. When you get to Nigeria, one is one. That is why they are called characters. When you go to Kwame Nkrumah Museum, you will see his status there. Status are called characters. Because no matter what is happening around the status, it will not what change. No circumstance can change that status. That is why it is called character. Character, therefore, means that which is unchanging. That which is unchanging. So when God gave us the character, 
He said, I'm giving you something that is unchanging so that you can handle power, authority, and dominion. My question to you this morning is, how often do you change? Who are you? Are you the same person all the time? Are you consistent? Or you are predictable? Leaders must have character. People will not follow you if they don't trust you. So character attracts loyalty. Now, let me ask you, what is the most important confession about God in the Bible? I know some will say that God is a powerful God. Yes, he is. He is an awesome God. He is. He is a generous God. Of course, he is a generous God. But the truth is that the most powerful confession in the Bible about God is not how powerful he is. It's not how awesome he is. It's not how generous he is. It is not how gracious he is. The most powerful confession in the Bible about God can be found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Verse 1, verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Very short but very powerful. Listen to it. It says, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. My version says that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That is the most powerful confession in the Bible about God. The God that we serve, he is one. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God the Father, God the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, all of them, they are what? One. If you meet God the Father, you have met God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If you meet God the Son, you have met God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. And if you meet God the Holy Spirit, you have encountered God the Father and God the Son. The God that we serve, he is one. That is is the basis of our trust in God. We trust him because he is what? One. We trust him because he is unchanging. That is why we pray to God. Because we know that God is one. He is not one here and two at another place. Everywhere he is, he is one. That was what God was expecting from Eve. That Eve, I have given you a character. When the enemy comes, maintain and protect your character. 
tell the enemy, God has already given me that image. And that is what God is expecting of us. That as his children, he has given us image so that we can function as leaders. The most powerful testimony anybody can give about you is not how wealthy you are. It's not how, how gracious and how beautiful you look. The most powerful testimony anybody can give about you is the fact that you are one. That is why we trust God. Because whatever he tells us, he does it. This morning, are you one or you are two? Are you a Superman or Batman? You know Batman. Those of you who have been watching movies. Batman in the mornings, he's an ordinary person. In the night, he turns to a bat. Superman, in the, in the mornings, when nothing is happening, he looks so unassuming, as if he's timid. He doesn't know what to do, but just wait. Something should happen and he will turn into another man altogether. That means that he's no one. He's like this. In the morning, he's like this. In the evening, he turns like this. That is not what God expects of us. Let me just talk about a few definitions of character. One, character is a commitment to a set of values without compromise. What are values? Simple. Things that you value. For example, if you value your marriage and your marriage vows, you will never commit adultery. A young man or a young woman, still not married, if you value the principles of God, you will never fornicate. So if a person commits adultery, it simply means that such a person does not value his or her marriage. Such a person does not value his or her values. Or vows. And such an individual will lose what? Trust. Secondly, character is the dedication to a set of standards without wavering. What are your standards in life? What are your standards when it comes to relationships? What are your standards when it comes to dealing with your boss? What are your standards when it comes to socially relating with people? What are your standards? Somebody's standards will be, I do not lie. 
I do not speak evil of anyone. I do not steal. These are standards. You don't say you are sick when you know you are not sick so that you can decide not to go to work. You stay home. You call your boss. Boss, I am sick. Meanwhile, you are sitting behind the television watching Nigerian movie. Thirdly, character is self-imposed discipline for the sake of moral conviction. A person of character does not need the police. He or she is a police himself or herself. What is your character. Your future depends on your character, not on your gifts, not on your charisma. There is a popular saying in, 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 a, in a camp that says that for a woman, for example, your ability to cook will take you into the marriage, but your character will do what? will bring you out. I wanted to speak it, say it in the tree, but I've forgotten. It is the character that will protect your gift. We have heard and we have read about people with great and massive talent, but these people have destroyed themselves because they didn't have what character to protect their gifts and talents. Talent and gift is not the ultimate it is character. Now listen to this one. Character is a constant effort to integrate your words, your deeds, and your action as one. It is a constant effort to integrate your words your deeds, and your actions as one. So, God tells us that the earth will pass away. Heavens will pass. But his word will not pass. Because his words, his actions, his deeds, they are one. Anywhere you meet the word of God, you have met God. How about us? When I meet your words on the way, will that be you? Or will it be somebody else? For us to be effective and efficient leaders, we need to work on our characters. That is the only thing that will take us up there and maintain us up there. Why was God angry with Moses? And he was denied the right to go into the promised land. Why was God angry with him? 
It was very simple. Two things. He lost trust and he was not consistent. Because God had clearly given him an instruction. I want you to lead my people to the promised land. It got to a place that they were murmuring and complaining, we need water. So God gave him a definite instruction. When you approach the the rock, just stretch your rod. Out of anger and everything, he got there and he struck the rock with the rod. Even though the water came out, but God was displeased with him. Why? Because he allowed the pressure to punch holes in his character. So I believe that God called him. He says, Moses, these people are coming from a background of idols. They are depressed. They have been in bondage for years. And I have chosen you to take them to a promised land. Now you are exhibiting a character of inconsistency. How can I trust you to take my people to the promised land? What are you going to do another time? So God had to drop Moses because of the punches that had been created in his character. He was not consistent. So he lost his leadership. And Joshua took over and took the people to the promised land. I believe we have lost a lot of leaders and we are going to lose a lot of them because of character. But for us children of God, we have an advantage because we have the word of God that instructs us and that shows us what to do. Character means you are willing to sacrifice friendship to protect your principles. You are willing to lose your best friend in order to keep your principle. Let me ask this question. Who are you with right now that you should not be with? What are you doing right now in secret that you don't wish anybody to see it? In fact, if you are doing anything and you don't wish anybody to see it, that is dangerous. When the Bible says that be ye holy, it is very simple. Be holy whole number. Not, the other one is what? Not double numbers. Be ye holy. So if the Bible says that God is holy, it means that God is whole. God is one. And he says that because I am holy, I expect you to also be holy. Because I created you. I gave you a character. Character, therefore, is the foundation for trust. Watch this. I am faithful to my wife so that you can believe my words. 
If I am not faithful, I cannot come and stand here and tell you to be faithful. In fact, you will throw me out of this place. He says that we cannot believe you because you are not. Your words, your action, your deeds are not one. You don't have the moral right to tell us to be holy because you are not faithful. I am trying to be a good father to my kids so that you can believe my words. Can you imagine that the kids are walking out there with all kinds of dirty dresses and they, are, they, are, they have not eaten and all of that. Then I'll come and stand here. Hey, every parent, you, you have to take care of your children. You will look at me like this and look at the kids. I say that what is this man trying to tell us? He doesn't have the authority to stand here and tell us about how to maintain and keep care of a child because he does not have the right to tell us because he is not doing it. This morning, your words, your action, your deeds must be one. We want to trust your words. Therefore, the three shall and must be one. Who are you after church? Who are you amongst your friends? When you meet your old school friends, I think this year it will come on. Joy FM old school at trade fair. I went there once, Mr. T. And the things that you will see there, you wonder, what is this? Old school, old friends, the people that we used to boost with, we have gathered and we are going to boost again. Then Sunday, clean your face and you come to church. Who are you when no one is watching? And for the young ones, who are you at 1 a.m. behind the computer? What have you been watching at 1 a.m. when your parents, your friends are asleep? Three things will test your character. Number one, power. Give a person power and his or her character will come out. You can talk about our politicians. Some of them, you know them. When they got power, when you call them, they say, who are you? They said, oh, I'm your friend. They say, which friend? Power will change people. Give the person power and you will see the true colors of such a person. When he is okay, he will sit here. Oh, he will come to church. Oh, he will come and polish the peace. Let him be called the MP of this area. And when he is coming to church, he will wait when we are just about to close. He will come with his bodyguards. Just come and sit at the back and say, what are these people doing? Power. Number two, money. Give a human being a lot of money 
then you will see the character of such a person. Money does not corrupt. It is a corrupted character that corrupts. So you give the person a lot of money, then the true character of that person will come out. Then number three, give the person access to sex. Then the true color of such a person will come out. If she fell for power, Solomon did not fall for money. He fell for what? David fell for sex. I wonder, what are you going to fall for? Is it power, money, or sex? It is my prayer that none of these will bring you down. You see, but the truth about temptation is that the word temptation simply means test for weakness. Test for weakness. And the truth is that temptation will constantly be available in your life. There will never be a period where you will be without temptation. Temptation will always be present so that your character will constantly be monitored. So we have to live with it. That is why the Bible says that no temptation has what? Overtaking you. But that which is common to you. And even in the midst of that, he said he has provided a way of escape. Lastly, today you are too quiet for my liking. I hope everything is fine. <laughs> Lastly, let's look at this last, then we are done. How does God build character in us? Number one, pressure. God wants the oil of gladness. And the oil of joy in your character. He wants that which will sustain and give you strength. Therefore, there will be moments of pressure in your life. What will become of you when the pressures of life come? When the pressure came on Moses... He could not handle the pressure. He felt that it was too much for him. So God said, well, I just want to end it here. You were not able to handle this pressure. So let me take you off the scene and allow somebody to take over. Pressure will come. In the midst of pressure, will you maintain your character? 
Will you still be one? Or you will divide yourself because you cannot handle the pressure. God wants us to dominate. God wants us to utilize the authority that he has given unto us. One thing that I love about the lion is that the lion also goes through a lot of pressure. Because the lion is not the only animal in the, in the, in the jungle. There are a lot of animals. Some are even powerful and more, 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 more powerful than the lion. But in the midst of all these things, the lion still comes out as the king of the jungle. He is able to absorb the pressure. Will you be able to absorb the pressure of power, the pressure of money, the pressure of sex? As a leader. Then the third, the second one is patience. You know, God called King Saul and anointed him as a king. And the same God took him off the seat. You know what happened? When you read 1 Samuel chapter 13 downwards, the Bible says that he was waiting for the high priest who was then somewhere to come and perform certain things. He had waited for seven days. Somewhere was nowhere to be found. Then the king turned himself into the high priest. He said, okay, if you are not coming, I will go and do the things myself. He went and uh, brought all the sacrifices and everything, and then he performed. Just when he had finished, Samuel showed up. And look at what Samuel said. Genesis chapter 13, verse 11. He says that, what have you done? Samuel asked. Paul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the, the set time and the Philistines were assembling at Mipmash and I thought now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilead and I have not sought the face and I have not sought the face of God. So I felt compelled, pressure, to offer the bent offering. Then Samuel said, you have done, this is the words of Samuel, not me. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. Listening to the next one, he says that you have not kept the command of the Lord God gave you. If you had, if you had a little patience, if you had waited for probably eight more days or even ten days, look at what was going to happen to Saul. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. Patience denied somewhere the establishment, sorry, denied Saul the establishment of his kingdom. Because he could not handle pressure, so he could not handle patience. Then Samuel told him, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man 
after his own heart and appointed him ruler over his people because you have not kept the Lord's commandment. Patient, a little patience. Abutal kiti 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 biobenya. He lost his kingdom because he could not handle it. Patience. As for me, I don't have patience. I don't have it. If you do, I will give it to you. I will show you where power lies. A little patience. Your kingdom will be established. A little patience. That breakthrough that you are believing God for will come. A little patience. That prayer that you have waited for that long will come. A little patience. Number three. Purity. It speaks of gold that had been put in fire and refined. Paul says something in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I went through the fire, but I came out as refined gold. Are we fighting the good fight? Jesus said something very powerful. He said, when I come back, will I find faith on earth? Will you still be around? But the last one, persuasion. Daniel is described in the Bible as a man with an excellent spirit. But you and I know what Daniel went through. He went through a lot of pressure. He had to exercise patience because the God that he was believing and praying to, when when he was sent into the lion's den, the, the Lord was not there. He had to exercise patience. And when he came out of all these things, the Bible calls him a man with an excellent spirit. That is what God is asking of all of us. That he wants a woman with an excellent spirit. A man with an excellent spirit. So that we can handle the power, the authority, the right to rule that he has given unto us. A man. For Jesus... I believe that his pressure was so much to the extent that he had to go to God. He said, God, can you do something about it? But the Bible says that, but for the glory that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross. And watch this. After he had gone through all that, his character was tested. And when he came out, he stood before the people. He said, now, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why? Because my character has been tested. I can handle this power. I can handle this authority. I can manage it because I have gone through it and I have come up tops. The first thing God gave you was not power. He gave you character so that you can manage and use Jesus' name. Amen.